now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Patreon and free feed. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back here again on the MLW Rewind. And as you know, I never do it alone. I always do it with my PIC, the one and only Uncle Bobby B. It's Uncle Bobby, high blood pressure B. That's what the B stands for, high blood pressure. How's it okay. going? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How's doing your good. blood pressure? Uh, Well, after last week and last weekend, it's a little bit raised. And what I mean by that is uh, we're going to get serious here for a quick second on MLW Rewind. Uh, this is not MLW-related right now, this part that I'm going to speak of, but the Ontario indie wrestling scene, which Rob and I are both adverse in, I do work the scene through a couple of great promotions. Rob, as well, has done some work, but he's also been a fan, like me, of this entire scene. Uh, this is one of the reasons why pro wrestling has kept us interested, because we've seen so many stars of the future. We've also honored and remembered the past, and this past weekend, we lost one of our own, which was uh, Rob Rage, an Ontario indie staple. Uh, he had been in many promotions, fought many wrestlers. His final match was this past Saturday, and it was against uh, the great Tyler Turva. And uh, it was a great match from what I hear. And unfortunately, uh, walking to the back entrance, Rob uh, collapsed and later was pronounced dead due to a cardiac arrest. So we want to send all our love and appreciation and prayers to his family during this difficult time. And Rob and I have also decided that uh, we want to honor the man in our own way. So right now, we're just going to do a quick 10-bell salute. Rob Rage, that's for you, buddy. We uh, we know you're looking down on all of us here in Ontario, and we're going to keep your memory alive. And uh, we appreciate everything you contributed to this uh, scene. Sorry, getting emotional because I did work with Rob uh, at New Frontier, and uh, he was our first grand champion as the great character Cranio X, and he will be deeply missed by all that knew him. You may not have liked his opinions on certain things outside of the ring, but inside of the ring, he was a great talent. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, his life was cut so short. Rob, you got anything to add before we get into MLW? Uh, <clears throat> I didn't know Rob Rob Rage personally. I did call him to the ring once uh, as Cranio X, uh, but I, I know a lot of my friends have worked with him, and your friends as well have worked with him for years and and knew him well. And so, uh, just want to you know our our condolences out to to his family and friends. Uh, at the end of the day, he he was a pro wrestler. He was a good brother, and it's always sad when a good brother, sister, person, whomever. Uh, leaves us so uh, you know keep the memory of Rob Rage alive I'm sure and, and the Ontario indie scene will do that absolutely absolutely uh couldn't have said it better myself man fantastic words fantastic words for a, fa a fantastic talent inside that ring for sure all right let's uh let's get on a more happier note uh this week's episode felt a little all over the place I'll be honest with you it felt a little tethered but there were some bright spots in matches there were some matches that I think Rob and I may agree or disagree on but there were some bright spots what I did love was the beginning of this episode Rob it had the vibes of Rocky Alex Kane is running through the streets which I assume to be the streets of Philadelphia 
where Rocky ran through those same streets and Creed, Apollo Creed's son ran through those streets. And now the Bumaye Fight Club captain is running through those streets. And he's talking about how this match between him and Fatu, it's a dream match, Rob. It absolutely is a dream match. And how Fatu has his blood being the Samoan bloodline and the heritage that's there. But Alex Kane also has his blood. And that is the Bumaye Fight Club. And this fight, this war, that's on Bumaye. And I absolutely loved it. What really would have been the, the you know, piece de resistance for this vignette, Rob, would have been if he had ran up the library stairs. I mean, I know it's cliche, but come on, man. It has that big fight feel to it, baby. That's too much of a baby face move. Alex Kane is too, <laughs> too yeah. badass. True. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, I've just been like all day, I've been walking around my, my house with the theme song. Boomaye, boomaye, boomaye. Boomaye, boomaye, boomaye. It's so like super catchy. Uh, it's one word. You got to remember. That's it. That's it. Yeah. One. Yeah. It's one word, three syllables. It is absolutely. Alex Kane just on fire right now. He really can't do much wrong on the mic or in the ring. So. It's, it's what I expect from this guy. He's at he's at a fantastic level right now, and he's he's still getting better. That's what's scary about him. Like this kid hasn't peaked. He's still young, so mm-hmm. it's it's scary how how good he's becoming, and it's going to be amazing just watching his career continue to unfold. Absolutely, and I think this is uh, this will be his toughest test at Fightland. Will be him and Fatu because Fatu's not going to hold back. Kane is not going to hold back, and this would really cement his title reign thus far if he can knock off a former champion, the longest reigning champion in MLW history. So this is a big test for Kane. I'm not saying he's not up to the test, but this is definitely a big test for Kane. And speaking of that, him and Fatu will sit down at the end of the episode tonight for the contract signing, and Court Bauer is in the house for that. We also know that Don King has something to say. He's got an opinion to lay down on this amazing main event at Fightland. And also, um, it's official. Rob and I talked about it briefly in the last episode. The ladder match was kind of thrown out there, the challenge from SGC, and that's been signed, sealed, and delivered. I will not be doing the portion of the episode today, which is the Fightland Control Center, because nothing has changed other than the addition of the tag team titles now being on the line for the ladder match. Okay, so that's the only addition to this already great card. So we got four matches that we know of, and there is still one week left before we get to Fightland, which is next Saturday. Okay, guys? So don't forget, Fight Plus, $7.99, great price point. We've talked about it. If you haven't purchased it, I don't fucking know why. Should we get I, to the- I think this is where the, the calling implode. Yeah, oh yeah, this is definitely happening, especially with the-, uh, the Or at least Ricky and and, and Akira are I think going Akira to implode. May leave, yes, I think Akira may be leaving the calling after Fightland, but uh, we do know that there is a promo that we have to discuss a little bit later on. So let's save it for that. But how about this first match? We got the top guy, Griffin McCoy. And he's coming out with a towel. He's got swag. He's got a pencil mustache. Okay, and he's got this sexy wristwatch, Rob. Not, not mine. Mine is mine is just a Puma wristwatch. Very $49.99. <laughs> His was it's just a Puma. <laughs> His watch was a lot nicer than mine. Uh, but he's got swag. He has got swag and confidence. And he is sliding into that ring in his MLW debut, but he is taking on a vet in the pro wrestling world. Not only in MLW, but the pro wrestling world. None other than Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. And let me tell you, this match, fucking incredible. Great match. Great match. Great match. Way above my expectations. And McCoy, how about McCoy? Let's talk about Griffin McCoy for a second. This kid is fucking phenomenal. He survives the onslaught of Tracy. 
going from the STF into the crossface, still reaches the ropes, gets the rope break, takes Tracy Williams, takes Tracy Williams, okay, shot for shot, trades shots with one of the most underrated strikers in pro wrestling. And then due to Tracy with some unfortunate contact with the ref going up the pile driver, Griffin does find the opening, scores the low blow into a half and half suplex, into that sweet sunset kick for the one, two, three. So other than the low blow, McCoy impressed the fuck out of me. And I really did enjoy this match. And I think putting him over on hot sauce was great. If this kid is a new addition to the roster, I'm excited to see what he can do. No shorter confidence. He can handle himself in the ring. The low blow, it is what it is. But everything else was phenomenal. But Rob, what do you what do you got on this? What do you got on this Griffin McCoy kid, man? Because I looked him up and he is he is not green. He's a six year pro, but I think it's he's due for some spotlight, man. This kid can work. Yeah, it was named as uh, one to watch on the PWI top five hundred this year. Uh, East Coast guy. He's been around uh, uh, quite a bit, like six year pro. He's got some size. He's definitely got the charisma, and like you can teach wrestling. You can bodybuild, but charisma, you kind of have it or you don't. It's hard to teach charisma. Mm-hmm. So he's got that natural charisma, and that kid can work. They had a great, like, kudos to both these guys because it was a great match, and, and a great match comes from two people working together fantastically, which they did here. Uh, Tracy Williams, such a wrestler's wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I loved that, like, move he did almost like a ddt off the top into the turnbuckle yeah i thought that, that was, was I super what, cool I didn't know what to call it i was like is that like an inverted basement ddt slash a bulldog i don't i didn't know what to call it but it was fucking i don't know impressive. what it was but it was effective it just reminds me of like <clears throat> i don't know if you remember fedor and Eliomenenko. i can't really say that. he was an mma guy okay but he never fought in the ufc but he fought everywhere else okay. and he, he's basically the best mma fighter that never fought in the ufc and he's a he was an absolute monster, uh, and he's Russian like connected, you know all that stuff. But somebody asked him once, like, what was his approach to a fight and this and that, and he was just like, I, I do what hurts. So I just thought like that's what it reminded me of Tracy Williams. There, just he does what hurts. <laughs> like there's there's a science to it, but at the end of the day, he does what hurts. That's how I think of Tracy Williams, which is, and I mean that as a compliment, obviously. Oh, absolutely. We're talking absolutely. pro wrestling here. But that, yeah, no, Griffin McCoy, that, and that, uh, you know, reminded us of a local indie guy, Ontario indie guy by the name of Tarek, uh, who does a fantastic springboard kind of, what did he call it? The sunset kick in this he case? Calls it, he calls it the sunset kick. That's what he calls it. I guess the, I guess that's his, his go-to finisher because he set it up with the half and half. And, and then he, he went into that. He did it great, but like I'm always amazed by by guys doing that move. Like you're springboarding off the rope with one foot spinning around and hitting dead on target. That takes such agility and precision and timing, and it looked great here. So big win for Griffin McCoy on his debut. I think we'll be seeing more of this kid. Absolutely, I, I want to see more of this kid. So uh, uh, I thought usually if if somebody gets a win right off the hop, like we saw that with TJ Crawford, he got a win, and now he's been featured in a few episodes, kind of become a regular member of the roster. We haven't yep. seen him work since those first couple matches because he's in the storyline with Tony Deppin. But regardless, it's uh, it's been enjoyable to watch Crawford and now adding Griffin to the mix. Uh, who knows? I mean, I think he could fit in pretty well with uh, Deppin and Crawford. He's got that same confidence, same swag. So I don't know. He could fit in pretty well there. He could. And and it's something I like about MLW is, is you don't just bring in, and I don't mean this to insult anybody, but you just don't bring in like the big names 
you got to bring in the guys who are going to be the big names in a few years. And MLW really does a great job of that with an eye for talent and the young talent we've seen coming in. Ichiban, Nolo Katano, the main event, Griffin McCoy. It's just the list goes on. And so they, they've got the names. They've got the Fatus. You know what I mean? They've got Matt Cardona and Ricky Shane Page and and the second gear crew. But they've also got this whole crop of guys who are going to be at that level in the near future, not the distant future. So really, really enjoying the uh, mix up in the lineup right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could not uh, could not say it wrong. So we got a recap uh, of the MSL gift that was stolen. It's almost like Jacob Fatou was the Grinch and he stole St. Laurent and Cardona's Christmas. As you know, last week there was Grand Theft Auto and it was Matt Cardona's brand new BMW. Jacob Fatou stole it after Cardona made out with it profusely. I just want to really into that. It was also, yeah, he really was. And it was also a recap of the attack on Thomas, which kind of set up the heat that we now, like the even more heat that we have between Kane and Fatou because Kane and Fatou respected each other. But now you throw into the mix that like Fatu inadvertently is accused of going after Thomas when it's not Thomas and we know it's Cardona. But Kane, I guess, hasn't forgotten any of that. But we get an MSL promo and he's got plans for Fightland. He's got big plans for Fightland. And also Fatu, you got receipts coming. Okay. You can't steal a car. And I mean, what the hell? Why are you stealing that car? You can't fit your 17 kids in your already existing car. And he swears to God, if they find a roasted pig in the trunk, he is going to be very upset, very upset. And Fatou will rue the day. He will rue the day. But now on to bigger and better things. MSL wants to bring wrestling to the one percenters. He wants wrestling to be in the country clubs. He wants wrestlers to be in the million dollar homes. He wants wrestling to be where the one percenters can appreciate it and make it the spectacle that the rest of the world sees it as. And now he's going to unveil the new world titan federation logo and let me tell you something i would have a picture of it behind me but it's not going to do justice on this tv you've got to watch it on a 4k tv to really appreciate this modest yet sexy yet little bit egotistical logo it's classic yet it's new you know what's that what's the cliche saying rob everything old is new again is that does that feel right with this logo yeah here? It's yeah. it's it's just different enough that you're not gonna get a cease and desist desister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it 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 it's pretty clear where the inspiration was taken from. Oh yeah. So the the, <laughs> the, the designer there, good job on 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 legally keeping it within boundaries, but still getting the point across. <laughs> I had a good chuckle. Uh, <laughs> so I if I may, die. yeah. I it was and and <laughs> shout out to MSL, dude. I don't know where that energy comes from. He is so motivated and uh, exuberant when he talks. I don't know how he does it. I wish I had that much energy. It must be the you know what it is. It's when you're that comfortable, mm. you're in a velour tracksuit. Yeah. Your 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 energy levels are just are just your confidence is up. Well, how about when he took the breather and then unzipped the jacket to get some air flowing because he was all worked up. He was very worked up. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you, you, you got to get some airflow in there. Velour comfortable, but not the most breathable. I was going to say it's not very breathable. material. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so again, 
kudos to the uh, WTF logo designer for tweaking it just enough for fans to get it, but you to not get in shit. So well played. Well played, guys. Well played. Uh, next match on the card, Riley Crow versus Janai Kai. Let me tell you about this match, okay? The entrances took longer than the actual match. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the entrances were about 45 seconds apiece, give or take, 30 to 45. The match was 12 seconds. Janai Kai got in. She kicked the girl right in her face. She dragged her to the center ring. Couple shots. There was no defense. And the ref stopped it. This was a TKO. This was a TKO win for Janai Kai. And here's my uh, problem. Okay. What you, you got it. Go ahead. Floor's yours. Floor's yours. Okay. Here's my, here was my problem with that. The ref pushed Janai Kai away and then like took time to like check on the girl or like talk to, to, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say the girl. What was her name again? Riley Crow. Riley Crow. Thank you. The, the referee stopped and took time to check on Riley Crow and she was still moving and like, maybe she wasn't defending herself, but she was still like, if you're going to call the match because she's not defending herself, you call it like mid, like she's not defending herself, ring the bell and you push Janai Kai away. What I, I felt like would have made more sense mm -hmm. was if Janai knocked her out and she was unconscious, unconscious. Mm -hmm. And that's how the match finished. I just thought it was a weird TKO. It's like, stop, talk to her, check, check on Riley Crow. Okay. Uh, stop the match. She's, she's, messed up but like she was still moving and conscious so it wasn't like a she's not defending herself because she's not currently being attacked i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm being ridiculous maybe i'm overthinking it i just thought it would have made more sense if janai gave her that kick to the chest pulled her to the center of the ring roundhoused her in the in the head and ko'd her i thought that would have made a better finish just up that's just me absolutely and i think it might have been uh kind of like when a wrestler's injured and the ref sends the other wrestler like his opponent or her opponent to the corner fair point and then he says hey you know what she they can't continue we got to get help out here they can't continue the match is over so i feel like maybe he was trying to figure it out and then upon checking realized that she was in no condition at this point to continue this match so i think maybe that was what they were trying to go with that's i'm not point. disagreeing with you but i think that's what they were trying to go with no absolutely and i'm not i'm not uh disagreeing with you either i think that's absolutely fair just when i watched it that was my gut reaction that i initially had and you know i always go with my gut mm -hmm. absolutely and i don't think your gut reaction was wrong i also thought the finish was a little bit suspect but upon looking at the replay i'm like okay i see what they did there i do see what they did there. and so. and in terms of building up to, because remember we saw janai kai for the first time in mlw when she won the title mm -hmm. so she had a dominant performance coming out of nowhere in order to maintain this kind of build that she is an unstoppable killing machine the demon kick uh let's have her do this it makes sense from a storyline perspective excuse absolutely. me absolutely you're 100 right uh so as her and selena celebrate and again the celebration took longer than the actual match so they get up to the uh the end of the ramp and sam Laterna is waiting she mm -hmm. wants to uh get some words in with janai kai and she introduces them, and Selena snatches the mic out of her hands and, again, says, bye, Felicia. She might have also dropped an Alicia in there. I'm not really sure. But it sounded like it could have been by Felicia slash by Alicia. But we'll let it go. And as Sam just gets brushed off, Selena introduces Janai the way a champion should be introduced. She lists all her accolades, all the stuff she is adverse in in terms of the fighting styles, and, of course, all her monikers that she goes by. Then hands the microphone to Janai Kai, who says two words. Demon kick. 
That's, That's it. it. That's it. Demon kick and then walks away, pretty much putting the entire featherweight division on a hundred and fifty percent notice. So Delmi XO, when she does get a rematch, she better train, train, train. Becca Coming up. Becca, when she releases that album and gets back in the ring, she better train. And all the up and comers like uh TR James and stuff like that, you got a lot of work ahead of you. You better study whatever tape you can because I don't know if there's any openings or any weak points in Janai Kai's arsenal. Like again, 10 seconds and Riley Crow was out. Done. Well, we got the announcement. It's Janai Kai said, bring them both. I, 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 it, it's Janai Kai, it's Delmi Axo, it's Tiara James for the Featherweight Championship. It's a three way. When is that next week? Uh, I believe that might be at Fightland. It didn't have the Fightland graphic on it when I oh, saw it. Then maybe it's next week. Hold on. Let me check the MLW press well, releases. You continue well, while I check that. Yeah, while you check on that, we got a calling promo, okay? And there is definitely more desertion, dissension in the ranks of the calling. Okay, Akira's face not happy. Ricky Shane Page is preaching, and he says he's going to make an example of SGC. But then he pushes Akira out of the way, kind of. And then says with his secret weapon or with his weapon, cannonball. And then he kind of does the Zed thing with the gimp. And yeah. 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 I noticed oh, yeah. that. And I I, I kind of chuckled at that. I'm like, oh, look at you, Ricky. I'm doing your uh, quit dirty. You, you know exactly what he was doing. You know what you're doing. And then he's saying no one is safe. And the camera then goes to Matt and Joe as they're talking about this promo, pretty much saying that Akira may not be fully sold on what Ricky is preaching. At that point, Ricky Shane Page comes out from the back. It's up in Joe Dabrowski's face. What did you say? Keep my name out of your mouth. Then out of nowhere, Manders shows up. Then Akira shows up. Man shows up. And it's just a brawl as we go into another commercial break. But I got to tell you, this feud is boiling over. And I think you're right. At Fightland, we all we all knew the implosion was coming. So it will probably end at Fightland. SGC will get their tag team gold for sure. And I believe we're going to get Akira... And Ricky uh, eventually going for the open weight title. Now, as I say that, there was an announcement for one shot on the control center that I do want to talk about. And that is that one shot, Ricky Shane Page will be putting his open weight title on the line against Jimmy Lloyd. Unfortunately, I think that Ricky will get past Jimmy Lloyd, not convincingly, but he'll squeak by Jimmy Lloyd to have Akira waiting in the wings. And I think that's where it ends. I think Akira becomes an open weight title. And that's where everything ends for the calling completely at that point. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's where I feel like the big payoff comes because they got to have a match, but they got to have a match with <laughs> more than just the leadership of the calling on the line or the representation of the calling. They got to have that title. I think that title represents a lot. So I feel yeah. like I feel like now that Akira has lost the MLW middleweight title, and I feel like that the tag team titles are slipping away. I feel like Akira going after Ricky for the open weight title beyond Jimmy Lloyd, so beyond one shot. I feel like that's the ultimate payoff. That's just my perception on things, but that's the no, way. No, I, I actually agree with you. That That's a very good uh, train of thought. I concur. And, and did uh, you check, by the way? When, when is that match? Did oh, you... yeah. So that that actually were – I was half right. It's going to be at the Fusion TV taping portion of ah, Fightland. So it'll happen after Fightland, and we'll see it in the weeks to come. Correct. Okay, perfect. So it'll happen on – like Fightland or the day after, but we'll see it in the weeks to come. Okay, fair enough. And uh, Don King, he's there via Zoom, via satellite, if you will. And he says Fightland has a big fight feel. Thank you, Don. We already knew that, but thank you for reiterating <laughs> that. That's awesome. 
Don't talk uh, shit on Don King. I'm not taking shit on Don. I said, thank you. We already knew that. But coming from you, now it's kind of, obviously it has more stake than me. If I say, hey, it was a big fight feel. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck what George McKay has to think. But if Don King says it's a big fight feel, it means something. It does. It means something. It absolutely does. So uh, how about this? The Rocky Romero promo. Sam asking you about the attack on Ichiban. And he kind of, I don't know if you noticed this, Rob. He kind of brushed it off. Didn't even really answer the question. Just saying he's looking forward to fight land. He wants to prove he is the best of the best. He's a dual champion. He wants to prove why he is rocking gold in two promotions. The CMML, you know, middle uh, makes sense. title, and the middleweight title. So he's just looking past everything and just focusing on fight land right now. He doesn't care what Sam has to say or what pot she's trying to stir or how, what information she's trying to gather. He's just looking forward to fighting. And I think that's the perfect way to build Rocky Romero. Not yeah, show your cards, I, I, but show enough that people are interested. Exactly. And I mean, it's Rocky Romero. I mean, we, we know who he is. Absolutely. We know what he can do. Everybody knows what he can do. The guy's top notch. He's top tier talent. 100%. Exactly. Uh, how about this? Tom Lawler promo. Uh, he's had enough of the Boom IA Fight Club. They're running their mouths. On Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. He couldn't even. Uh, and it's true. You know, a lot of things going on right there. Uh, he says on Thanksgiving, it's going to be the WTF. Versus the Boom IA Fight Club. That's right. We're getting an old Thanksgiving Day throwdown. And they're going to feast on the Boom IA Fight Club. Hmm. And by the way, I do want to say this. Tom Lawler, I appreciate everything that you do. And you're filthy. And I get it. But you have cauliflower ears from many years of taking shots. To put your <laughs> mouth guard in your cauliflowered ear and have it hanging, literally dangling, while it almost falls off. Because there's no cartilage. So I don't, I don't think that that's what I think Tom Lawler should do. Tell me if I'm wrong. Get a chain, like any kind of chain you want, and then put like the the case that the mouth guard would go in on the chain, and then clip the mouth guard in the chain. I think that represents filthy to the extreme. But like I, the whole time when Tom Lawler's doing a promo, he's saying amazing things. Tom Lawler can cut a promo, but I don't know about you. He can look at is his mouth guard. Oh, all I could focus on was that ear, and I'm like, is it falling? Is it gonna fall? It's gonna fall. I feel it. It didn't fall, but that's what's intriguing me the most right now. But anyways, what do you got? What do you got on everything I talked about from the Rocky Romero promo? Uh, did, did we get your opinion? Oh, yeah. You agree with me on the Jimmy yeah. Lloyd thought process. What do you got on the Rocky Romero promo? And what's your thoughts on Filthy Tom Lawler's promo and his mouth guard? I mean, we talked about Rocky a bit, but Filthy Tom, I mean, yeah, the mouth guard. I don't know if there's a way he could be even filthier. Like with that mouth guard, I I mean the the idea of the chain, the mouth guard on a chain isn't bad. With the case, uh, gotta have the case. Yeah. And you know what, the chain should be gold, but the case should stay plastic. The case yeah. should stay plastic. I mean, it was pretty pretty decent from from Tom. I I, yeah. I got to get he's got to get his feet warm again in MLW. He oh, didn't so forget how to cut a promo, but I think he was maybe little not at his best. Maybe phoning this one in. Nah, I don't want to. I I, I hate using that because it's it seems like I'm like I don't like to you know we like to be constructive. We don't like to put people no, down I, I that are out there I'm doing not things. Shitting on the promo, the promo was no, I know, great, but it was I was focused on this, all of it. <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe not the best delivery in my opinion, but hey, who am I? Yeah, exactly. Who am I? Who the fuck are we? We're just two men sitting in our basements talking about wrestling, and uh, you know what? From now on, uh, we're gonna start every show talking about where Tom Lawler's mouth guard may have ended up. <laughs> That's the segment. That's the segment. All right. Anyways, we
we get to our next match. Uh, I guess it's our main event, but it's not really our main event, but it's the next match on the card. It's the final match tonight, so let's call it the main event. It is the main event, the tag team, going one-on-one against the Boom IA Fight Club. So that's right, J-Line, Midas Black taking on Mr. Thomas and O'Shea. And Thomas and O'Shea look good. I mean, these are two big boys, two tanks. And uh, you know what? Uh, main event got their spots in, they got their work in, which I do appreciate that they always do get their spots in. But uh, Thomas and O'Shea were just too much, and Bumaye gets the win via that vicious, vicious powerbomb uh, from the uh, uh, on top of the Kuji walk. So they do the Kuji walk, which is O'Shea's finisher, into the powerbomb, and it was good night. It was good night, Midas Black. There was no chance. There was no chance for a win. But I will say this. Main event is on, I believe, a, a appearance to appearance contract. I don't think they've actually been given a contract that I'm aware of with MLW. Uh, go back to the archives, though, and check out the conversation I have with them. They're great guys. And we did touch on MLW and how much they are loving the experience that they are having there. And they've been brought in for a few of the TV tapings. And I believe they're also going back to the TV tapings in Fightland to take more matches and have more opportunities there, which is great for them. But I feel like MLW is missing the mark here with this tag team. The tag team division was lacking for a while. Now it is stacked comfortably. It, it is it is tied in a nice little neat bow. You have an arguably great team. The synergy of these two guys is fantastic, and they can go. They can work. And I understand, hey, when you're on appearance to appearance, you're getting paid regardless, win or lose. And I get that. I totally get that. That's pro wrestling. But I feel like MLW is underutilizing these guys and they have only won one match that we can think of. And that's not even hundred percent sure since they debuted in MLW, every other match has been a loss. And I feel like MLW should really take another look at these guys and see what they could do with them. Cause these guys could be tag team champions. And I, I honestly feel like, and I'm not criticizing MLW. I love the MLW product, but time from time we have to be constructive. And I feel like they're missing the mark on these guys. And I feel like giving them these L's all the time, I don't think it's wise, especially when you're trying to build. Anyways, that's just my two cents. Rob, what do you got? No, that's fair. I mean, <clears throat> they they're they're still relatively young, I believe. Like they're in their early or mid twenties. I believe they're in their late. Uh, uh, I believe it's mid to late twenties, possibly early thirties. Possibly. Okay. I mean, like you said, they're they're not necessarily contracted guys, um, so they're being brought in appearance to appearance. They, I, I even have noticed, like, yeah, I was like, damn, the main event just. They keep taking these L's, but at the end of the day, I think what's important is that the matches they're putting on are good. Like they're enjoyable matches. So even though they're taking the L, they're still raising their stock by putting on these good matches because other people are looking at this and going, these guys are putting other people over They're, You know, they're not winning the match, but they're making everybody else look good, which is what's important. You make me look good. I make you look good. And they're making everybody look good. And they're looking good in the process, too. I mean, I really enjoy their style. They're very interesting, unique, the way they incorporate their gimmick into their actual, you know, in-ring work with the jumping through the hoop and all the other stuff. It's a cool gimmick. I dig it. I dig the – they're nice guys. We we talked to them at Demand Lucha. Uh, but, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, they could be future tag team champions, but they might be on just kind of a – a little bit of a Barry Horowitz run right now. They're putting people over, but they'll they'll have their time to shine. Okay, yeah, that's a you know what? even Barry Horowitz got a push. Remember that? Absolutely, I had him on my show. Go through the archive. You go. Way back in the early days of Straight Talk. Look, at that. look at that link. Look at that. Look at, look at that little setup right there, huh? What amazingness! All right, how about this? Let's talk 
second gear cruise school. Okay. Mance Warner drawing out the game plan to Manders and giving Matt Justice an F for being tardy is fucking life. Okay. It is great. It is everything that you want and then some. Okay. I never knew that I wanted to be given an education by Mance Warner more than after watching this promo. And, you know, I really felt that the game plan was there. Here's Ricky. You put him through the table. Here's Akira. He's got a nice little hair. And here's this. See this? this is, what is this? What is this? This is blood. This is blood. <laughs> you make him bleed. It's green, but it's red. It's green, yeah. but it's red. You get the gold. That's what you do. And then I feel like we were going to get to like the master part of this educational plan. And then unfortunately the calling jumped them. And it is, I felt really cool when I put this line together. It was a brawl in the hall. That's right. <laughs> it was a brawl in the hall. As you see in the calling brawling off camera down a hallway in the 2300 arena and the tensions there are just boiling over tensions everywhere are boiling over right now in MLW as they go on to fight land. I will say that Rob, what did you think of, SGC school and Professor Manders or Professor Mance Warner. What did you think? When Mance goes, he can just go. And like, <laughs> he doesn't even need to say that much because he just, Manders, what's going on? Like, he's he's almost like a, a coherent boomhauer. And he's just like, it's hilarious. I don't know where this guy comes up with this stuff, but it's just so simple and so great. And it's his just unbridled enthusiasm for kicking ass that makes him so endearing like you everyone can identify with man he like just wants to have a couple beers and go out and kick some ass baby and that's nothing wrong with that uh so i i i, I was loving sgc school this is, these guys are money like put them on the microphone they're money sitting at a bar talking they're money they're just money in general baby green and what color is money it's green except if you're in canada it's purple blue red and green yeah, it's all kinds of colors up here, baby. It's brown if you got a C note. Okay, I don't carry a lot of C notes, but I, I know what they look like. I haven't even <laughs> seen a C note in years. There you go. All right, how about this? It's contract signing time. Core Bauer, he's there. Like we said, he introduces Jacob Fatu. Calls him, you know, the longest reigning champion in MLW history. Says he may be going after his second title. And then he introduces the captain of the Boom IA Fight Club, the MLW champion. And Alex Kane walks in, repeating everything Corbauer said, puts the title down on the table, and then says to Jacob Fatu, how are you going to come to a press conference dressed like shit? Quote Barefoot. Unquote. Barefoot. Yes, <laughs> quote unquote. And at that point, Jacob Fatu had heard enough. The table gets flipped, and it's Alex, and it's Fatu, and they're going. And out of nowhere, Matt Cardona comes in to be somewhat of a peacemaker. And then they end up playing tetherball. With Matt Cardona as they push him back and forth before they push him out of the way. And then it just blows and it's a brawl and it's a fucking disaster. And Court Bauer's pissed and, and, and no contract was signed. This contract signing was never going to take place on camera. They will both sign this contract in separate dressing rooms off camera. It was <laughs> never a good idea to put these two in a room together until the match. That, you know how much it. of a sucker I am? I still think that when they announce a contract signing that the two guys are going to show up and actually sign a contract. You'd think after no. literally years and years of contract signings, you know, just turning into a full-blown Donnybrook that I would learn my lesson. No, no. I, that, that's why pro wrestling is great for me because it's, you can still swerve me. 
I, I, I can still enjoy it. And yeah, contract signing. I guess I'm a sucker. It turned into, uh, as I said, a, a Donny Brook, a, uh, a, what's the other word for it? A shit show, fucking disaster, a hurricane. It was a clusterfuck. It was everything a pro wrestling contract signing is supposed to be. And you know what? You know what would swerve a whole lot of people? Is that the contract signing actually happened? And it just happened. They both signed. They both shook hands, took a couple photos, and they went away. Everyone, I tell you right now, everyone, every pro wrestling fan would blow their fucking minds. You would wake up and the internet, the wrestling internet would be going crazy. Did you guys see that contract signing last night? Amazing. You know what they did? You know what they did? What did they do? What did they do? They signed the fucking contract. Oh my God. Like it would just, it would blow the shit out of everyone's minds. It would be huge. It would be huge. It will be the biggest contract signing in pro wrestling history. Okay. The biggest. Okay. But it'll never happen because pro wrestling contracts are supposed to be a shit show. They are supposed to be a fucking clusterfuck. A contract signing is just getting two people who hate each other that are fighting for the title in a room and then destroying that. You know what? You know what they should do? They should up the ante with how much shit they can destroy. in, And they should stop doing it in the ring. They should do it like they did it back in the day in the boardroom and see how much damage they can inflict to the boardroom. Oh, I like that. Destroy the boardroom. Destroy the boardroom. Not a match. Just that's the contract signing. You go like that should be part of the next WWE game or next wrestling game. When you have a contract signing, you could pick your boardroom. And then the only way to win the match is to cause the most insurmountable amount of fucking property damage that you possibly can. Contract on a pole match. Contract on a pole match. There it is. There it is. Absolutely. And on that tidbit for a great part of a future game that EA will steal for me, and you'll have to come back to this episode to see it because I said it. It's out there in the universe now. Please like, subscribe, all that good stuff. As we said at the beginning of the show, we are now on the SNME network where we have been on the SNME network for months on months on months. We are loving our experience over there. They have treated us like family and they have welcomed the MLW rewind with open arms and open hearts. And we appreciate and we love them for it. And again, um, just go back when we talked at the top of the show about our fallen brother, Rob Rage, Ontario indie staple. You know, don't leave things unsaid. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until an hour from now. You want to call somebody, you want to check on somebody, you want to talk to somebody you haven't talked to in years. Get hold of them by any means of communication that you can and check on them because you know what? Life is fleeting and tomorrow is not promised. And I don't mean to get somber. I just mean to be real. Life is too short. Appreciate the ones around you that you can and love the ones around you that you can as much as you can for as long as you can. Because, yeah, that was devastating news. And that's just my little, that is George's final thought. As we wrap up, uh, I can't, could, couldn't even add to that. That's very it's well put. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. All right, guys, as always, I'm your host, your boy, George McKay. He is the one and only Uncle Bobby B. Socials are in the link below. Uh, you can follow us on uh, that Twitter, that X, that whatever the fuck it's called, and other shit. Uh, I'm just quoting Tom Lawler. Oh, and also, I will be starting up a new X account, and it will be Tom Lawler's Mouthguard. <laughs> That's what it'll be. And uh, you can find that soon coming on all your socials. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you guys next week. Adios.